Hello and welcome to Mahita Talks. I'm Sherry Altergat, your host and the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Today I'm very excited to have with us Lori Beth Nix. She's the Digital Marketing Specialist from Doosan Industrial Vehicle Corporation. Welcome Lori Beth. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, so you've been really involved in, in Mahita for a while. I know we met a few, uh, maybe it was only last year, at the women's conference, even though it seems like that was a lifetime ago, given everything that's happened. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of you, you taking some time with us today. And we're gonna have a little bit more of a focus on social media today. Um, you guys have done some really cool things over at Doosan, so I'm excited to hear a little bit more about it. So to get started, we always like our audience just to get to know um, our guests a little bit better. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit of how you got started in this industry and a little bit more about your role at Doosan. Sure. I, um, I actually got started at Doosan because I met my boss at West Elm, um, a furniture store. <laughs> we got to talking and um, she... I asked her, we had a little conversation and then I asked her what she did for a living and she told me marketing and I was like, me too. Um, do you have any positions available? And she said, yes, I do actually. And um, I, she showed me Doosan's branding guidelines. And I don't know if you know anything about our trucks, but like our trucks are bright orange and we have a very rich color palette um, for our branding guidelines. And she showed me a Mahita ad that she had done for the magazine and I was sold. So that's kind of how I got started at Doosan. But I got started in marketing just because I like telling people stories. My degree is actually in film. So doing content and stuff, that's kind of how I got started in marketing. That's what, so were you working at the furniture store or were you shopping at the furniture store? I was work, I was working part-time there as I was, I was trying to find a new marketing job. And I was running their social media and their visual aesthetic within the store. And then she walked in one night and we just, we were talking about a marble ice cream cone because it's just like a cool little desk thing. And we, I don't know, it was crazy. Wow. I, I would say that's probably one of the most unique stories I've heard. That's very cool. Um, now, had you known of, of material handling or, or forklifts before you had this conversation? No, I, well, I grew up in a small town, so I was always around, you know, John Deere or other manufacturing equipment. I mean, there was a lot of farming, but as far as forklifts go, when she said forklift company, I was like, oh, but then she showed me the ad and I was like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? So, I mean, the great thing about working in manufacturing and supply chain is that um, everything has to move. And so mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's a pretty secure industry to be in so I was very grateful for that yeah I think even now with the um, with everything that's happening with the COVID pandemic you know people it's given much more attention to the supply chain and especially the stability within material handling that no matter what happens in the world people always still need to move product um, from A to B and so there's a lot of stability in that which is great um, I love that story. I think that that's an awesome way to kind of kick this off. So I know you've, you've played a big part in Doosan's uh, social media strategy. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what role you believe 
that social media plays in the overall marketing strategy? Sure. Um, well, you know, marketing is a lot of things. You have print, you have um, even any kind of materials you give out when you visit a customer, um, you have loyalty programs, and then of course you have social media. So to me, social media is kind of, we talk about the funnel in marketing, right? So we, we're kind of at the base of the funnel or the very top of the funnel where it's all about brand awareness. And so to me, this is how you um, get that first little step with your customers. And I always like to say that we are all part-time private investigators. So if you get a cold call from a company or you, um, see a sign that like you like their logo or whatever, what's the first thing you do? You go home and Google it. And usually social media is one of the top things that pops up on the Google search. So to me, it's kind of that introduction to a company. Um, and honestly, one of the most important ones you can have because how you represent yourself online and your digital footprint and how healthy that digital footprint is can really speak volumes to that customer and help them in making that decision to move forward with that company. Exactly, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, in this industry, we're, we've adopted social media at a slower pace um, than maybe some other industries. And I think part of the issue is, and even you kind of referenced it in your initial conversation um, with your boss was, you know, when she mentioned forklifts, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it seems sort of industrial. I think people struggle in social media, especially to create that emotional connection to a brand that a lot of B2C companies um, do really well. And, and at Doosan, I've seen some really cool stuff that you've done in social media. So can you give us a little bit of insight into some of the strategies that you've used in social media to create brand awareness? Yeah, absolutely. Another little tidbit that I like to say is a brand without personality is just product. So when you look at what a company online, you want to see their personality. And at the end of the day, people still sell to people, and that's important to note. And so if you are just posting your products online with a sell price, there's apps, it's super dry. So coming up with little graphics and you know, maybe even creating a little mascot, like what happened with us, um, with Tiny, you know, there are things that you can do to give your, your product personality and your brand to humanize it, especially when you work in an industrial form. It's kind of hard to like humanize forklifts because it's a commodity, you know, you have to use forklifts to move around products. So how do you add value and how do you help a customer connect to that brand? Um, a lot of what we do are customer testimonials. I have traveled from corners of Pennsylvania to Seattle, down to Texas, all over this country um, to talk to some of our customers and our dealers about, you know, Doosan products. And then we also had a mishap. I mean, it wasn't a mishap. Obviously, it was a good little happening when Tiny came into the picture. Um, which for everyone in the audience that's listening to this, Tiny is our little forklift that travels with me everywhere. Um, and Tiny actually got started at a Mojito conference. So um, adding little fun things that people can have a little laugh 
that also helps your product tremendously online with brand awareness. Yeah, and what I love about Tiny, which I think is a, a hard thing to do, um, especially sometimes in material handling, is to be funny. You know, I think certain certain mediums of social media, people do want it to be funny and light and maybe not just about the, the product itself. And Tiny kind of has that lightness to it that it gets your brand out there, but in a funny way that's still related to the business. Um, and that's why I think it's really unique in the way that it highlights that because I don't know that a lot of companies in the B2B world do that really well. So I think that's been um, an awesome addition to a, a social media strategy that I've seen. Yeah, it's definitely fun and um, pretty unique, I think, too. I mean, it's always fun to visit a state. Like I went to Iowa last year. And I'm like, well, what can I highlight in Iowa? All I know is corn, you know? <laughs> That's all I think about when I think of Iowa. But then they're like, oh, no, we have the world world's largest truck stop. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll be stopping there on the way out <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> I get so. Yeah, I've actually been to the world, that world's largest uh, truck stop. Very interesting people-watching place, for sure. So, you know, I think Tiny plays really well on Instagram, where it might not translate as well on a platform like LinkedIn. Um, so what social media channels do you think are most relevant in our industry? And how do you use each channel differently? Right. I actually have to say Tiny performs the best on LinkedIn, believe it or not. Really? Um, yeah, Tiny does good on Instagram. He has his own little Instagram. But on LinkedIn, it's just a nice little break in content from like your normal sales thing. And I think that's what catches people's eye. So, you know, breaking the norm sometimes works as well as like making sure you're posting enough about product and sales on LinkedIn. Um, I think for us, our top channels have been Facebook, LinkedIn, and surprisingly Instagram. Um, people like to see the grunge. They like to see dirty trucks. They love seeing things in the works um, and also creativity. So if you're, you know, down and dirty, that works good for Facebook. You know, people like to see those trucks in application. Um, obviously on LinkedIn, they like to know the facts. They like to know what's going on. And then on Instagram, it's just fun and creative and we make fun little graphics. Instagram so so are you posting different content within each of the social media channels that you use we we have some posts that do um, we do post specific to channel but um, because of the volume of content that we do we do post a lot of the same stuff to the um, every channel okay. very cool yeah, I, I'm really surprised to hear Tiny doing so well on LinkedIn, but, you know, it makes sense what you're saying, I think, because it's a little bit different than some of the, what I would say, drier LinkedIn content. Um, I can see it serving as a nice break, so I think that's a great tip for everybody that you don't um, have to stay within the guidelines of what you feel LinkedIn is or what Instagram is. and. You know, I think that's one of the great things. That, one of the reasons why I love marketing um, and even more so social media is you have the freedom 
to experiment. You know, if you put a post up and nobody likes it, nobody died either. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, you have some freedom to play with different concepts and different ideas to really see what works with not really any negative impact other than, you know, a small investment in time. And I think one of the things that a lot of companies, you know, don't maybe do as much within social media is really tracking those metrics and the results to know what's working and what's not working. So I was wondering, you know, I know you've done a lot of experimenting and tried different types of posts. What do you think are the relevant metrics for tracking results on social media? Right. A lot of people will say how many people follow your page is probably, you know, how, popu how popular you are. Um, that's what a lot of people want to believe. But honestly, the biggest metric on social media is that engagement. So you can have tens of thousands of followers and only have, you know, 30 likes to a post, or you have 3,000 followers and 30 likes. So huge jump in engagement rate um, percentage. What, you know, that's the main uh, tracking result, I mean, main metric that I like to focus on is engagement rate because um, you know like you said you're kind of shocked about tiny working on Instagram I mean on uh, LinkedIn and I was surprised too because you know it's a little truck it's not the normal sales uh, material that you like on LinkedIn but I think really focusing on that engagement rate and um, you know tracking it I track it every day to be honest with you, I'm on social media all the time, whether I'm at work or home, just because I'm a millennial, um, that's what we do. So <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's the truth, but you know, um, so I'm always constantly tracking what our company's doing and how, you know, actually on Friday, it was um, Halloween. And so a lot of us at the office dressed up for Halloween, we have a competition. And of course, because it's a people post, I posted it across all our channels because everyone, you know, at the end of the day, people sell to people. Um, and so I posted it to LinkedIn. We had a 70% engagement rate on that wow. post, um, which is unheard of because a good post gets one to 3% engagement rate. Mm -hmm. And are you using a tool to track this, um, any type of software or are you using Excel? How are you really tracking it, um, even so you can go back and look at from a historical perspective? Sure. Yeah, we use true social, true social metrics. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good tool. It, it tracks day to day. You can also um, see your competition's engagement rate and everything as well on some channels. Um, so, I mean, it's a great tool, but mainly I just use Excel. I'm kind of old school and go in myself and look, you know, I think it's kind of funny that I say it's old school, but I'm still, you know, using social media to track it. But Facebook and Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn have their own um, analytics page mm -hmm. that you can look at to track. Very cool. So, you know, when we got started before we um, started recording this particular episode, we we're talking a little bit about TikTok. 
And, you know, I'll say that social media can change relatively quickly. I, I'm relying on my nine-year-old daughter um, to keep me hip on some of the changes. Um, so how do you stay on top of the latest updates and innovations and new platforms and social media? Yeah, um, it's a lot. And honestly, the biggest thing to recognize is that you're not going to know the whole internet. That's just impossible. <laughs> um, I try and take it, you, I have to take it in doses personally because it's so much that you can consume in a day. Um, I personally subscribe to Adweek and I can see a lot of like how people are advertising in television and like, you know, they also do social media as well, like um, popular ad campaigns and stuff like that. So Adweek is a good place to kind of understand how the industry is changing in the way that they advertise. Um, a lot of like this year's trend obviously has been authenticity and like keeping true to yourself and your brand and kind of breaking that fourth wall which is really interesting because usually you don't want to break that fourth wall, right? Mm. But it's been very interesting. So Adweek, and then I also subscribe to the American Marketing Association. Um, they have great articles and stuff that they are constantly, you know, interviewing people and it's very interesting. And then I also subscribe to a few um, tech company websites like The Verge and um, a few others just because like, you know, obviously tech goes hand in hand with, you know, web. So I, it's, it's so much. It's honestly, there's endless resources that you can go to. Yeah, and it can be overwhelming. And I think the, the important thing is to stay on top of it, but also maintain a certain amount of focus. You know, we can get very distracted sometimes, I think, by the shiny object. Um, you know, and I think having some of those resources really understanding different platforms and what those platforms are meant for, because not every platform in social media translates necessarily to each in particular business. Um, and I always rather do a few really, really good um, than do everything, you know, half as good. So I think Absolutely. that's important. Um, but it, it changes so frequently. I'm sure you're too young to remember MySpace, but, you know, MySpace was, no, nothing was ever going to replace MySpace. <laughs> and, oh, no, I created my template. <laughs> I had my music on the MySpace. Um, MySpace was awesome. I, I loved MySpace. I think that honestly is what made me passionate about web is like being able to create your own page, like within your own social media site, if you remember, you could mm -hmm. get the templates to get that colored background and it was so customizable. Yeah, um, and you could have music playing on your page and there's a lot of um, fun things with that, but that was kind of the end all be all, you know, at the time. And, and now, you know, you know, some people have never even heard of it. Um, so it's amazing how fast things that are very big can change uh, very quickly. So I think those are some great resources that you mentioned. So as we talked about with social media changing so quickly, you know, I think sometimes people that aren't familiar with social media, they do feel it's difficult to keep up. Um, I know in my previous organizations and other organizations I've worked for, it's always been a little bit challenging 
to get maybe some more senior members within the organization really engaged within social media. Um, so what have you done? And I would have to imagine, Doosan's so big, and even though you're so innovative, you still have, I'm sure, a number of more senior members of your team that have been difficult to engage. So how have you addressed that within Doosan? Yeah, I've, you know, I've done everything from restaurants to um, in, in the industry. I've done everything from restaurants to museums to addiction treatment and now supply chain. So people adapting to social media is not a new topic for me. Um, one thing that I do for our senior members or even just management in general, I keep them informed always um, about what's going on social media. Hey, did you see that video? Or, you know, talking to them about what I want to post and, you know, how can they help me do that? And having that buy-in from the get-go that they're involved in creating the content, um, that helps them buy in. And then also just showing them the numbers, you know, this is what we posted. This is how many people engaged with it. Hey, did you see that 10,000 people watched our video? And showing people those kind of metrics, they're like, oh, wow, well, let me go see why they watched that video. Um, and I think just keeping them informed has been the best way to be able to be open with them and help them engage on social media. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I, I, and I totally agree with you. I think it all starts with education, education about why you do it and what the benefits to the company are, um, but also education for those that maybe don't understand how to use it as well. Um, so I think both of those are, are really important can, and can help turn around some people that might be a little bit more hesitant to use social media. Um, you know, for a lot of companies, when you're looking to get page engagement and followers, uh, it starts to me with your employees. Your employees being the brand ambassadors, your employees liking and sharing it and getting people engaged. Um, I think that's such an important element to an effective social media strategy. And it should be the easiest thing to do, you know, because everybody should be invested in the success of the company because everybody does yeah. better when the company does better. LinkedIn just actually added a new feature. And when I post a post to our channel, it says notify employees. Mm -hmm. And I love that feature because it, it automatically pops up in their news feed. Um, as like a notification. They're like, hey, Doosan just posted. And I love it because we get way more um, engagement from our employees because they're like, oh, look, it was posted. And, you know, I think it's a great feature. But we also, when we run huge campaigns, we, you know, send out emails and stuff to let people know, hey, check out this post. Um, we'd love for you to engage with it if you want to. And that just having that um, buy-in from the get-go ground up, it's, helps tremendously with your engagement rate. Yeah, and that's an important tip for anybody listening, because I think that's new within maybe a month or so. I mean, that's a really, really new feature right. that I've just started noticing, but super helpful, um, because not everybody goes on LinkedIn every day. You know, I go on right. LinkedIn every day. I'm sure you go on LinkedIn every day, um, <laughs> but especially salespeople that are running around and on calls and maybe not in front of a computer or talking on a phone. Um, you know, they just are not used to going there every day. So those notifications can be really helpful. So I think, 
you know, we've we've talked a little bit about COVID, but not too much. And, you know, I think COVID for all of the negative effects it has had, I think it's had some positive effects in terms of moving some things forward at a faster pace than maybe it previously would have. And what I mean by that, especially from the digital perspective within material handling, um, you know, everybody is going towards digital. I think everybody understands that's really the future. But I think, especially in the beginning, um, with a lot of states being knocked down, salespeople really not being able to go out and see customers for a while, in some places still not able to do that, that it really increased the appreciation for digital marketing um, at a much faster pace than I think it otherwise would have. So what do you think that the COVID pandemic has affected the use of social media? I think so. And I think companies are using it more, you know, they're being a little bit more um, productive in the way that they think about how they can use their channels. You know, when the pandemic started, you know, not everyone wanted to mention that there was a pandemic going on. Um, I know we had a little bit of like, mm, do we really want to say something? And I'm like, this is a life changing mm -hmm. event. You're going to feel bad if you don't. So we ended up putting out a video and then also creating coloring pages for kids um, that we posted to our social media that, you know, was just kind of changing the strategy a little bit more and focusing extremely heavy on um, people more than product, right? So we kind of went to like a 20s strategy um, where it was 80% about people and 20% about product. Um, and it's true, like what your company does during this time will affect how people feel about your brand in the future. And so we've kind of really taken that at heart with any kind of program that we've done here at Doosan, um, as far as like our special financing and even like our social media strategy um, making sure that we get the word out and um, actually put, we usually did more organic social media, not putting too much um, advertising dollars behind actual channels and doing it purely organic. But since the pandemic started, we have actually increased our ad spend on social media, um, on Facebook and LinkedIn, in order to capture more people. And so I think that companies who have um, adapted and, you know, really put themselves out there on social media are really going to thrive here soon. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I love the example with the coloring book. I think it, it goes back to the creativity that you guys have in creating that emotional connection to the brand. Because um, I've, I've seen it done when people try to do stuff like that, but it's so unrelated to the brand that it doesn't really have the effect. Um, but I think you found a nice way to kind of merge the two between the coloring pages and Tiny and some of the other things you've done. So I think that's that's awesome. Um, right. You guys are really doing a nice job and it picked up on some of the things that makes a really effective social media strategy. You also gotta remember that like material handling is kind of an aging industry. And so, Social media obviously kind of adapts to us millennials and people coming up. And so trying to do things like coloring pages kind of puts that brand message in the back of your head, like child's head, like, oh, okay, well, material handling is still a thing. And so um, 
starting them early with like STEM programs and everything, um, focusing on that, I think can also be a really good strategy because, you know, one day everyone's going to retire and what's going to happen. We have to capture those people young. That way we can continue to grow our industry. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that's such a um, great way to look at it, that it's not just about Doosan, but it's about the industry as a whole. And I think that's really admirable of you to look at it in that perspective. Um, so with that, you've actually made it to the lightning round of our podcast today. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions and we're looking for your quickest response. Um, it helps us to get to know you better. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So I like to usually start pretty easy. Um, so we'll start with what's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving, hands down, because there's no pressure of giving gifts. And it's all about being grateful for the people you surround yourself with. I could not agree more. I literally just had that conversation with my daughter last night. I, I love Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> at what age do you want to retire? Um, I don't necessarily see myself retiring. I know that sounds weird, um, but I hope to always be spreading the message of marketing in some sort of way. So I may retire physically from like a company, but I think I will always be involved doing something for marketing. I know that sounds crazy. No, no, I think that's a great answer. What fast food restaurant do you think has the best chicken sandwich? I actually just tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich for the first time um, last it? week. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't really eat a lot of fast food, but I was like, this is a really good chicken sandwich. <laughs> Better than Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's kind of hard because, you know, Atlanta is very much a Chick-fil-A centered, com I mean, Chick-fil-A is here in Atlanta, based here in Atlanta. So I feel kind of like I'm, um, not being it's loyal to them, though, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was good. Um, are you a TikToker? I am. I don't post too much, but I'm a watcher. Oh. I I watch TikTok a lot, at least an hour a day, I hate to say. It's too <laughs> What would you say has been your quarantine guilty pleasure? Dancing in my living room, I'm going to put myself on Front Street, and I have Spotify on my TV, and I would just dance in my living room because I miss, you know, really going outside and being with my friends. <laughs> well, nice. So you'll be, um, you'll have some really good weddings when this is all over with some new dance moves. That's right. Um, would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh, I think climbing a mountain is a little bit more rewarding. So I'm going to have to say climb a mountain. If there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free? It depends on the, what the spider looks like. <laughs> if it's like, <laughs> if it looks more like a granddaddy long legs, I'm more inclined to like save it and put it outside. But if it even looks something like um, threatening, I smash it. <laughs> Yeah, spiders don't live very long in this house. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, um, probably candy corn. Candy corn? I think it's candy corn. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at trivia? 
you know, I avoid trivia like the plague because <laughs> I don't want to find out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you. Which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Llamas, definitely. <laughs> their, face, <laughs> their faces are just too adorable. Yeah, squirrels are to me just like big rats. Um, <laughs> that You made it through the whole podcast and our lightning round. Thank you so much, Lawyer Beth, for giving us some insight into Doosan and your social media strategy and sharing some stuff about yourself. Um, we really appreciate your time today. My name is, again, Cherry Altergod. This has been Mahita Talks. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, Lori Beth. Thank you.